0: Are you going to be reviewing 50 shades of gray. <laughs>
2: <laughs> haven't seen it yet. I can I can barely contain my excitement, but um, that isn't that isn't true and it sounded so wrong we said. Should have left that alone.
3: <laughs> should have. Oh. Really. Just should have. Oh.
2: That's going to be a clip next week on the introduction and everything. Oh god.
0: For all our contact information and to send us an email, visit h o l radio.net/contact.
2: Good evening and welcome to Homestead Radio. My name is Chris Hambling and I'm your host tonight. i said good evening so loudly I confused myself. Uh, we're going to look back at a week that ended with a 2-1 defeat at Sellhurst Park to Arsenal. We talk about all the key moments with controversy of refereeing, re- uh, refereeing decisions at the forefront. Assisting me today are Alex White. Hello. Hello. Barney Fox. Hello. Hello. And Nicholas Gillard. Hello, Nick.
4: Good bloody evening, everyone.
2: Exactly, and producing today is producer Tav, so if anything annoys you, volumes, technical issues, do get in touch with him and annoy him. Uh, We'll be hearing from the panel in just a moment, but we also want to hear from you too, so head to holradio.net forward slash contact to see all the ways you can get in touch today. We begin as ever with news in brief.
0: The Eagles Element. News, views and reviews on Crystal Palace. www.TheEaglesElement.com All the latest news around Selhurst Park. This is News in brief.
2: Eagles defender Zeki Fryers has extended his loan stint at Rotherham United by a further month until the 21st of March. The 22-year-old signed for the Millers on a month-long loan deal uh, in January. He's called on to play six times for them, helping them to two wins and two draws in their fight for survival in the second tier. He played the full 90 in a much-criticised defence yesterday as Rotherham lost 5-0 to Wolves. The club released the following statement after the coin-throwing incidents at both the Newcastle and Liverpool home games. We've conducted our own investigation into the incidents in the last two home matches, and as well as making our CCTV footage available to the police, we take a zero-tolerance approach uh, to this behaviour, and if the perpetrators are identified, they will be banned indefinitely from the stadium are season ticket holders, their cards will be made void without refund. The stupid behavior of a few supporters create a uh, few supporters mm, that doesn't make any sense. Risks oh no, okay, I've got it. The stupid behavior of a few supporters risks creating a negative image of our club and we'd appreciate the help of Palace fans in identifying the culprits who are not welcome at Selhurst Park. Uh, the club already has extensive security measures in place including body cameras for stewards and will continue to improve CCTV coverage at the ground.
0: Touch with the show. All of our contact details can be found at holradio.net forward slash contact.
2: Hey, welcome back from all of that. And um, yeah, well, I, I think I should say up front that um, I, I was just due to the go to the game season ticket holder, go to every single game. Um, and yesterday, I basically I'd had a pretty heavy Friday night and uh, managed to oversleep and actually miss this one. But I did watch it on a stream online, so I'll be... Um, I'll be giving that view. And I'm pretty sure you were there, weren't you, Nick?
4: I was there too, yes. I was bloody fuming. I've never been so angry at a football match my whole flipping life. <laughs> it, <laughs> I um, still ain't over it, I tell you.
2: No, right, I, 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 The reason I bring this up straight away, and I'm going give that to a point, because I got that impression from, I know I was talking to Albert during the game, and he was there as well, and he was absolutely livid, where myself and Mikey had been talking about it. And, and we're, we're just, um, we were just, you know, we were praising how well we were playing and saying how unlucky we were and almost watching it with a smile on our faces. But it seemed to be much more intense. Is that fair, uh, the ground?
4: Yeah, because Clattenburg, uh, I, I, I don't want to get us banned from the airwaves. I I, yeah. I don't want to get us banned. The, the bloke uh, is a cund, C-U-N-D, a cund, the, the child-friendly <laughs> friend, version. Uh, the the bloke has stitched it up so many times. Clattenburg, according to a saint eagle in the chat room. Oh, Radio.net slash chat. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the penalty decision, either way, it's one of those. But the offside, I was dead in line with it. And the linesman, abs- absolutely. And it's always Clattenburg, always in.
2: Absolutely. Uh, the, the standard. The standard. I wanted. i some going to bring this up later. on anyway, but it's a good a time to talk about it. As any, the, the standard of refereeing in this country, uh, just from an observational point of view, it seems to be absolutely plummeting over the last couple of seasons. I've done it because we've done it because we're in the Premier League and we're we're seeing it more often. But I mean, the the, the Chelsea game yesterday. I don't know what your thoughts on that were. But watching what happened, you had you had Ashley Barnes kicking. Can't remember. Well, kicking Ivanovic, first of all, and not not getting a foul given against him. And then, obviously, going in with a leg breaking challenge, an absolutely appalling challenge uh, at Matic. And it's Matic who gets sent off, and Barnes doesn't get a card. And, you know, and Brian Atkinson was the referee in that game, and he's an incredibly experienced referee. And you just go through all, and again, you, people might not like uh, Jose Mourinho, but if you look at all the points he brought up, he was absolutely right. And it's, it was scandalous in that game. And, you know, we're, we're a small club, and when we we keep seeing this big club mentality, but even a big club's getting shit decisions now. Sorry, language. Um, I heard a sound from Alex White Gordon.
3: Yeah, no. The, the reality is that it's very hard to be a referee, and we all understand that. At times, when there's you know, like that penalty decision, for, you know, I'm not. It was outside of the box, but that was me in a school Yeah, you, you know, can I could probably I probably accept that one. But it's the fact that the inconsistency of refereeing in the Premier League is is. It's been this season, and especially last game, was ridiculous. And the other thing that really, really wound me up, we were 2-0 down, and I saw Klattenberg laughing and joking with an Arsenal player. And I don't, you know, I, don't, I, yeah. I believe a referee has to have some sort of relationship with players, but I do not think it's, acceptable he's professional in this position, that he has to be, he has, I don't, you know, I'm not saying it's a bias at all, I'm not saying anywhere near that, but I'm just saying that's re- that would really annoy me if if a player if was was talking to a referee and the referee was laughing and joking with him on the other team that yeah. really really frustrates me i think that's unacceptable at any level uh, nick when you do you jump in and I'll go bit yeah
4: cuz uh when they came out after half time the an arsenal official i don't know who it was one of the coaching and stuff it was had his steve ball Oh no, yeah it was steve he, Bolt he,
5: when he they merged, came out of the tunnel his, yeah i saw it
4: they were laughing they were joking and there shouldn't be any of that. The, 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 the referee should be a stern cund with a D and should not talk to the players. And if he does talk to them, he says, number 25, not their first names. No, we're going down the pub later. It is absolutely shocking. And just one conspiracy thing, I put it out on Twitter yesterday just as a bit of a devil's advocate. But much as I agree with what um, our banners from the HF are saying about Premier Greed and, and Pig's Nose in the Trough, I don't actually think it's doing us any favour. In the long run, because I think somebody in the Premier League HQ is going to say, "Let's get this lot out." We don't like what they're saying. I don't know. Maybe I'm being long, conspiratorial. They've, they've
2: long, I've, I've long since gone back on about that conspiracy. Anytime we're anywhere near the top division, I think it's probably linked with the fact we could normally get relegated. But um, uh, yeah, I understand what you're saying. I don't. I don't think. What the, I don't think necessarily that's the case. I just think but it's, there's definitely big club bias with referees, hundred um, percent, and it's exactly the sort of thing you're talking about. I will give it context. Uh, pre-game, when they were lined up in the tunnel, uh, the referee was laughing and joking with Damien Delaney for about five minutes while they were waiting for the TV to give, uh, you know, to give him the go-ahead to go on the pitch and whatever. But uh, so, so I mean, obviously that was happening, but that's pre-game. I didn't see any of that during the match. And like in half-time, the referee is supposed to be totally protected from the officials of both sides and the players of both sides. You know, you're not allowed to go and see him at half-time and put him under pressure. So for him to walk out on the pitch laughing and joking with the Arsenal uh, staff, it's, it's you know, it's a, it's a lot to handle. It really is, and you know, it's the dominant point of the game, isn't it? Because there are two bad decisions, and like Alex says, the the penalty you can understand what it's given. I thought it's a penalty the first time I saw it, but the the, the offside, but there's no real excuse for it.
3: Even the offside, though, Chris, you know. You look at the linesman there as opposed to the referee. For me, the, the lino is in line with that, and how he doesn't see that is, is Sunday League. If I'm brutally honest, that was you know that was when I'm standing there, Sunday League as a manager. Going, it it wasn't even remotely close to get away with that. You couldn't have even cheated to give that that was that was awful but the biggest thing for Clattenburg was just it was so inconsistent and it's consistently inconsistent if there was one how Monreal didn't get booked at least six times during that game that clip on Wilf if that was through on goal and Wilf had gone down that would have been a red card so why is it not even at least a booking down the wing? It's just because we've carried on and took the advantage. That's not a reason not to book him. The Cockerland one, if that was one, you know, we've made challenges. I can't remember who got booked for us, but players got booked for us in exactly the same challenges an Arsenal player would make and wouldn't get booked. The one that Cockerland did. Yeah. That's unacceptable. The referee has to safeguard the players and he did not safeguard the player with that Cockerland one. No, you're absolutely right. Alex. The, the, mm. the, he's, he's kicked Campbell,
2: isn't he? He's kicked Campbell in the chest. his pretty much one of the first things he's done in the game. You, you kick a player in the chest, you get booked. That's pretty. That's pretty basic stuff, isn't it? Um, but yeah, you're right. There, there was there was inconsistency in and ha- in how people were booked. There was the type of fouls that were being done. Like you say, Monreal was a great one to pick out because it was. This, he was doing snide, nasty little fouls after the ball had gone. Cynical. Lots of, yeah, cynical, tripping people up just to slow things down. And it's that's OK, that's part of football, but you get you punish people for it. And usually they'll share it around the team. But he got yeah. to do it all because the referee refused to punish him. Uh, Barney, you haven't said an awful lot. You've been a bit quiet. Go on, weigh in on this debate before we move it on and get some uh, some chat comments and stuff.
5: Well, I have to admit, you know, I just think there, there gets to, there's going to, be a point where it just gets stupid, and uh, actually, I, I, mean, I fully believe that it's you know, I think what Gus is saying is absolutely right. I'm, I'm sure there is backhanders in the Premier League. crisis. it's a billion dollar business. You know, <laughs> they want could I just to, very quick,
2: but, could I just very quickly say the views of Barnaby Fox are, the, are his own views and not that of Homestead Radio? <laughs>
5: well, let's just be honest <laughs> about it. And if they wanted to do something about it, they could do, couldn't they? You know, we quickly introduced goal-line technology as soon as we can, as soon as they could. You know, yes, the penalty was to... I called it when I was watching it, and I called it, and I said that's. And I put my and I held my head low, and I went, "Oh God, we've just given away a penalty." Watching it back, yeah. you can't get it. The, the refs need some help, actually, and actually, they just need to go. Yes, no, it is or it isn't. They're human at the end of the day, and I, yeah, Klampberg always. He's got an ego. He's got an attitude. We always know this. He doesn't like Palace. I know that. Let's just cut to the chase. Let's just give him some help, and then they've got no excuse, have they? Really? Because we'll have this Can conversation I- in five years' time if it doesn't get sorted out
4: can i can Uh, i come in there with the the help bit um when you you make a decision and three or four fans go that was amber or whatever and they get up you think okay fair enough maybe it wasn't but when the whole block of a stand gets up and shouts out offside or when the whole block of a stand sees a foul and they all get up as one surely not every one of them has seen it wrong, even though they're going to be completely biased. Um, going back to well, the I chat room, what... we've had a few comments in there about this. Sorry, just, just to get this out of the way before it goes. Yeah, um, yeah. Premier fan in the chat room, wholeradio.net slash chat, says the problem is that referees are not accountable and that's where the issues Agreed. lie. If they were relegated or promoted due to their actions, we would get somewhere. Talking no, about relegation and promotion... Well, they are, no, talking about... but... we'll, we'll, yeah? we'll come back I'll... to that. Talking of relegation, imagine we had a referee like that uh, in the Scunthorpe game going back a few years when we were in, when we nearly yeah. went down to the old stock, Stockport or when we played Sheffield Wednesday. Imagine those decisions that where a whole season hinges on it. In fact, if we're near the bottom at the end of the season, our season could still hinge on Cundenberg's decisions. Secondly, naked it golf could... guy
2: yeah.
4: uh, wonders does the FA grade their officials.
2: Yeah, they yes. do. Yeah, there's there's an assessor in every for every single game a professional. Well, any referee um, covers, but I mean, the, and obviously in the Premier League, we're talking about professional referees, and that's kind of the point to make on it. Is you're talking about people. It's not not like the old days where it used to be. You know, someone's head teacher would go and referee a game. This is you know these people are now professionals, and if anything, all this attention and this whole that you know the, the match game officials, um, you know, whatever they they. Their group that's headed up by ex referees, all that sort of stuff. Professional games, it PGMOL or something like that. I don't know, but there's there's I, a whole, you know there's a whole setup in place. Sorry, there's a whole setup in place now to 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 improve the uh, performance and professionalism of these people doing this job, which is we know is a very very hard job and this incredible scrutiny of it, and seems to be getting worse. That's my problem with it, really.
5: Chris, can I just um, say something quickly? I just the the yeah. point that I'm trying to make in in the help side of thing is is that. You know, these games are streamed all around the world now with multi cameras all across the pitch. And within two or three seconds, as a fan watching those streams or wherever you are in the world, you, you can say, That was a penalty. That was offside. We can make clear, instant decisions. Why the hell don't they just get someone at the ground, fifth official, whatever you want to call them, who watches a screen, Mike g- gives a little call to the ref. It says, The referee puts his hands up and says, Look, I don't know. I didn't see it. We don't need two three minutes. It's a. You know, rugby style, we just need it someone just to go, yeah. And I'll tell you that's why I believe that the Premier League have got something to do with it because I tell you what, if they could pull their finger out, they'd get on right, with right, it
2: and Barney. do it. Barney just Barney keeps trying to repeatedly libel people, and I need to sort of just say <laughs> stop it, but carry on, Alex. <laughs> Sorry, my bad.
3: No, I was just saying I was just saying, you know, if um, if Welbeck goes down there, the problem is with with technology. If Welbeck goes down there, uh, what, what what does the referee do? How does the referee stop the game? Because what, so if he gives the penalty first time, what do you say that he reviews it then? But then what happens if he reviews it and it's not a penalty? Do you know, see what yeah, well, yeah. well, I mean? always going to be a you do it. it doesn't make do you know, sense. But,
2: but I mean, look, yeah. the thing. Look how long it took goal on technology to come in you know it's 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 a difficult thing to implement and it needs a lot of thought because i mean if you go to uh, go to another sport very quickly cricket there are still decisions in cricket where they refer to you know the hawkeye system that people will just still disagree with you know and there's still there's still you know there's still moments where they have to give the benefit of the doubt even with technology so you've got to be sure that you're eliminating any doubt And, and i don't know i mean i kind of almost want to accept football has mistakes but the trouble is it it's, it's exactly what you're saying, Alex. It's the inconsistency of these errors. You know, it, it's, if it really was this whole thing, if it all balances itself out, it'd be great, but it, it doesn't. It really doesn't. It's, it's the human element, if you like. You almost need robot referees, don't you? Um, but, it, I, no, it's, it's going to be a never-ending debate, and you know what, when you're on the, when you're on the positive side of things, it's funny, Nick brings up Stockport, uh, David Hopkin and it, and he ran up to the, the goal that Dougie scored to keep us from going down. You know, so a proper referee and we had a player fouled in run up to
4: their free it?
2: kick their penalty mm, so do you know that's it that's what it's but that's it isn't it it's moments are do hinge on things like that and sometimes it's it's someone not doing their job that actually benefits your club you know f- well almost forever for us isn't it so it's a, it's a strange one to talk about um and it, it will keep going but when you i think we're also frustrated by it because we've just come off the back of a performance where we've played really incredibly well. And I bet you, I might be wrong on this, but I, I bet all of you, same as me, when you saw the lineup of that game, thought, did not think we would be playing anywhere near that well. Hangeland was dropped after impressing in the last two games for, for Delaney, who had been struggling. Um, in midfield, we had Jason Punchin in a sort of deep, uh, deep lying playmaker type of role where he was in. Absolute revelation. Gave him a bit of stick last week um, uh, for his performance out wide. I thought he was excellent when he came in, the mi- uh, came in, in into the middle, started in the middle, and he was absolutely superb. Head and shoulders, best player on the pitch in my view.
3: I didn't see punching. I didn't see punching. I thought you were talking about Paul Skulls that we had playing central midfield. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, it it just was, ran the show. Well, Cross between Skulls well. and Gerrard. It was unbelievable. What a player! To, to, like against that Newcastle he did it and he did it again Ah, it shows the quality it shows that technically he was the best player on our side on, that pitch, it on, does. on the pitch
2: but but going back to the, the decision to drop Hangland then, uh, what do you think that was was it just purely because of the pace Arsenal have do you think Alex
3: yeah I was quite surprised I was at the press conference in the week and something that Pardew sort of highlighted and spoke about was was after set pieces because Arsenal this year have been very poor from set pieces, um, so I thought he was going to go with Hangeland just to say, look, you know, if one man's going to score from a or at least get an assist from a corner, it's going to be him, isn't it? Um, so I was quite surprised, but I, yeah, I, I I think it has to be the pace of of your Welbeck's and and your Sanchez's and people like that that Delaney uh, well, has an extra yard on Hangeland, I suppose.
2: Well done for pluralising uh, Welbeck's and and Sanchez is I enjoyed that, yeah, I enjoyed that. that. it's Nick one of Nick's favorite things sorry Nick um, I think we, there was, we there was somebody was...
4: on the radio last week pluralizing band names you've got your E's and your Stone Roses. Ears. <laughs> <laughs> really, really crashed
2: <laughs> um can we um very very quickly actually Nick return to just to round off the comments on the um I think it's a couple yeah, of the chat room maybe
4: there's there's been uh much amusement over the hashtag C-U-N-D in the, in the chat room. Um, <laughs> lions 550, just blinding this, and it would really work. It'd liven up the game, and I'd definitely watch more live games on telly if I had me remote control. I think refs, watch, should be set up with a taser-like device, and every time they fuck up, they get zapped via Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag <laughs> zapticund.
2: Like it. That is magnificent work, word on lions. Just to, um, just to gloss over the swearing <laughs> and stuff. i um on on uh, Twitter we've got uh, Russ Hubbard got in touch. and said eight thousand wilf before a card says it all. Uh, Paul at the Wild Sea says he laughed his ass off when uh, Ospina pretended to be injured and was fuming oh, it, and uh, obviously. saying the referee laughed, whereas um, obviously Paul was quite rightly fuming, 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 and he's hashtagged hashtag Kreppenberg as well, which is good. Of him. Uh, Colin Squire said Big Club Bias has been I don't know if we said this earlier, Big Club Bias has been there the whole time, been following for forty five years. Um and also and he also made the point of uh, refs should be made to come out and speak after the game to uh, to the he press managers have to. Really Wasn't there a little thing? wasn't there a little spell where some a couple actually did that? Maybe a couple yeah. of years ago now. I don't think they're, they're allowed
3: like to it, do yeah.
2: it anymore though. <clears> no, no, I think you're right, Alex, they're not.
3: It was it was good
2: to um you know, it was. I think it was. I found it interesting to hear why they made the the decisions. But you can imagine, it it, it seems to be another one of those closed shop things, is not it? When an absolutely horrible decision is made, they do tend to they get relegated for a game or two, don't they? Down to a division yeah. where you know, and then those poor they people have to put with
3: versus Cambridge, or, <laughs> yeah, you know, exactly. Any other League Two scrap? Why, why did
2: Why did you pick those two, Alex? I don't Oxbridge? know because I was, I you're was posh.
3: Re- no, it's because I was thinking of who's at the top of League 2 and then oh, where's a oh, the Palace right. in League yeah. 2. Just two things at the top of my head, Appiah and Kai Kai, obviously. It's just quick. It's just on the spot, Chris. You've got to make do. All right. That's, that's and I'm slightly posh. Yeah, you're very posh.
4: <laughs> <laughs> but you sound like Russell Brand.
3: Well, this is... Yeah. Policies. Can we do a Twitter poll? Do I or do or not sound like Russell Brand? This is a lie. Alex,
4: you're not verbose
3: enough. <laughs> anyway, I'll stop now.
2: you would have to look up <laughs> that word. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, I'm just I've I'm, I'm amused myself. Uh, so, look, let's talk a little bit more about Punch and then um, where where had that performance? Well, no, that performance had almost been hinted at, hadn't it, the week before um, against when he when he moved inside Liverpool? But can we? Well, I suppose my question is, can he can he stay there because it's almost something that we'd missed, isn't it? Someone pulling the strings back there? Um, can he could he sit alongside say Jedinnak and, and play that role? Would you realistically drop Ledley or? You know, move MacArthur about or something like that to accommodate it. What, what do you think, Nick?
4: I think he he played very well. We had much amusement over the phrase "punch him in the hole" yesterday, and it's mm-hmm. punction in the hole," and a bit of a mishearing. We, we were wondering what that would involve punching somebody in the hole. <laughs> um, I thought we played very well. A few people accusing him of being lazy, but I think um, I think he's he's better suited there. I, I really do. I, I think he, he runs with the ball. He, he slows down when he needs to. He's picking out the pass as well. A couple of times I think he should have had a shot when he started running across the edge of the box. Um, however, he's, he seems to be getting better week on week, in my humble yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, my moan about him last week was more that because he had a first half where I just found him frustrating. Out, and I've said it before. I I think he's a tremendous footballer, but he has, um, and we talked about there might be reasons for it—tactical reasons—why he slows the game down. Uh, from out wide but I don't think that's what we need out wide but all of a sudden you put you put everything he's got in the centre and he sees more of the ball he's got more space he can go over direction and and he sees passes that other people don't as well I I thought it was really good and particularly the second half as well he just it was really nice to see him kick on in the second half from a good performance in the first 45 so uh, yeah it was it was it was incredible really I think but um, well and you know, Pardew said he's always going to have a place in his team, so maybe that's going to be his place now. Uh, Barney, what, what did you make of it? I don't know if you're generally a Punchin fan, but it was a good oh, performance. Man. Yeah, I think if Punchin's
5: I'm a big fan of Punchin, if he can just sometimes just wind his neck in. But on the pitch, he's, he's got... I'll tell you what I like about Jason Punchin is that when it all gets a bit angst at the ground and everybody sort of panicking a little bit, you know, he he kind of brings a little bit of calmness to everything and sort of gets the ball and, and just maybe has a little think about where it's going to go. And maybe that's that, maybe that's experience. I think that's what it's called. Um, but he played lovely, really well, it's all sort of that sweeping sort of role where he was sort of going back and forth, picking the ball up, having to think about where it's going, and just sort of, you know, getting around a few of the younger players and saying, right, come on, don't panic, let's just, let's we know we 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 know we can go forward, we know we can get goals, we, let's stick to the plan, let's not get all hyped up, which I think we can do sometimes, especially against the bigger teams, and he seems to have, have, have settled a bit, which is really nice, and um, yeah i thought he was i thought he was brilliant yesterday, but i have to admit he he seems he seems to be a, a common thing at the moment, so i have to admit i'm not too surprised
2: oh okay um yeah i'll say I, yeah, yeah very good but uh, interestingly uh, jordan much has sort of almost split opinion yesterday he's not been uh, not been impressive for many uh sort of, some way sharp some sorry sorry some way some lack of sharpness i really struggled there to speak hm uh but but yeah in that match he I thought he did actually a fair few things right. And it was a difficult, it was a different role. He wasn't really playing the Shamak role ahead of, ahead of Punchin and um, and Ledley. He, he kind of, he was sort of dropping a bit deeper and just trying to link play in a, di- in a different way. And plenty of energy, I thought, this time. Looks looked a lo- little bit less lost and maybe sort of coming together a bit. But I don't know, what, what side were you guys on? Um, well, sort of you, Alex, in terms of much. Was he someone who, who sort of stuck out for you or was he poor again?
3: Uh, I've always tried to sort of defend the signing, but I just it, it didn't work for me. I think uh, it's strange to see players playing out of position again, though. That's for me, that's not Jordan Match's natural position, sort of playing that deep. So, uh, in ways, it's it's hard to judge. But you can also see he's a player that hasn't played much football, um, and it's it's the question that about Pablo Suárez as well. Do you do we have the time? Do we can we afford to bed these players in now? Can, you know what? What's our relegation chance? Can we afford to bed them in now? He just—he looked off the pace. He, he still, again, looks slightly like he's carrying a bit too much timber. I, I just didn't think I would have gone with I don't know. He wasn't on the bench, but again, I just think that's a perfect option. Really, I, I just—I didn't get why he started. But Parge is obviously a, a big fan of him. Nick.
4: Yeah, I was. <laughs> I was humming and ahhing about Much yesterday and the fact that we've, we've got to bed these players in and perhaps Arsenal is the best game to bed them in because, you know, we don't give ourselves a scooby of winning those games, although I thought we could have done yesterday. And uh, I felt the same with Suarez. I'm sure we'll come on to him. But, you know, his first 15 minutes were absolute pants and then he, then he really turned it on. So it was good that much got that game time in in a really competitive match and I'd rather him get 90 minutes in a game like that and maybe not do as well as he could do in a game we're probably going to lose than be a, a, a poor cog in a machine against the team that we need to beat.
2: Yeah, that's fair. Uh, just picking up, in, uh, um, yeah, I know, where did you laugh at the end of that? Is that? Really because thought, it was I, the I, worst
4: and I was coming up with really... Crap analogies and I just kept going and going and going. I didn't stop. Was it obvious
2: stopped? You should have stopped. Was it obvious that I'd switched off and then didn't know what
4: to say? Yes. (laughs) That's
2: going on the high note. I like really season,
4: <laughs> that one. Um, <laughs> oh lions in the chat room says sorry, it's all lions tonight. But he's, he's speaking the most sense in there. Much will be on the wing in the hole once he gets fit. It's his quality that will benefit from, especially with regards to final ball. It's way better than what punk Charlotte or Wilf currently provide. Controversial because I thought um, Balassi was putting some decent crosses in yesterday. At last, well, well the
3: you know, reason that much. The reason Match wanted to leave Queens Park Rangers was because he was being played out wide. So I'm not sure Pardie sees him in that position, but we'll see. He said
2: something about being played as the num a number eight midfielder, which I suppose is box to box. I guess mm. um, sort of midfield general, if you like. Anyway, picking up on a- on a few tweets. Um, Lucy said that she's been championing Punch for months. All right, you know, go on about it. I um, know uh, Tab's been asking um, which players impressed um, the listeners. Uh, Norbert's got in touch and said Muzza. Uh, Doug Tibbets has got in touch and said Muzza and Yannick. And we'll, we'll come to that sort of those impact subs a little bit later on. And Ben Fleury's got in touch saying, Desp- despite disagreeing with Pardew's first team uh, choice, I thought the team played great in both halves. And that was the most pleasing thing for me, I have to say, was the fact that it was a, it was genuinely 90 minutes of very, very good play. Uh, which you could argue two two moments of switching off, which were controversial referee decisions anyway, uh, did cost us. But talking about that first moment of switching off, it, it's it's Papa Soire. and obviously he's having having to try and get used to the pace of the Premier League. And very early on, it was evident that he's still trying to do that. It, it was just a loose touch and. Welbeck was on him in a flash, and I have to say, I mean, he got he gets a lot of stick, but I think Danny Welbeck's an excellent player. I really do. Um, such so much such good feet. He's so quick as well. If you know, if he could consistently finish, he'd be a be an incredible player. But thought he was very good for Arsenal and, and chased down well early on. And I don't I don't. You, the great thing is with this is that Suarez could have fallen to pieces after that, and he did look a bit shaky for the rest of the half, but. The more the game got on, the more he got involved, and he started getting forward. We saw a lovely bit of skill in the second half with a beautiful little uh, step over and and knock the ball forward and cross for Dwight Gale to get a, a very good header at a goal that just went over. and And I was very impressed with him. So overall, what what were your thoughts to start with, you, Barney Suarez?
5: Well, yeah, I mean, he's he's obviously just finding it very hard to find his his. His, his rhythm a bit he obviously had that little bit of a tussle against Liverpool and, and yesterday I have to admit I just kind of watched it in slow motion from where I sit and I just thought oh no this is going to happen that's why to be honest it wasn't too much of a shock Look, he's it's come from a different league um but it's, it's all about the recovery isn't it i think you've you've pretty much summed it up there chris you know at the end of the day he could have just really dropped his head and he could have let the situation get to him they obviously saw he was going to be a bit of a he was going to be a bit of a weakness in the in the squad and i noticed that Welbeck was really on him rather tight from the from from early on to start a kick off so you know and he, he soaked up that pressure and he you know puffed his shoulders down and just went right come on let's get on with it i've i've mucked up but you know i'm learning so He's not there yet. He's not the finished article. But hey, you know that. that, You know we're playing Arsenal at home, and you know you're going to get. It's going to be a tough game. And. That's, he's, he's only going to get better. I think that's what we've yeah. got to be really positive about him. I think yeah. look, he's had a couple of really tough... He's had two... What was it? Liverpool was his first game, and he's at Arsenal. Yeah. ain't going to get any worse, let's be honest. Two of the best, probably... Two of the best, you know, bar Chelsea and Man City. Two of the best forwards, you know, strike it, striking partnerships in the Premier League and Arsenal. Yeah. And, and they're and in Liverpool. form as well, yeah. And they're in form. You know, blimey. It's not going to be that bad every week. And, you know, he's got a bit of pace on him, which I really like. He seems to be a big lad and can sort of, you know, he probably needs to, I think he needs to maybe
2: get a bit tougher, but he's probably not used to that in the French league. Yeah, um, I'm not sure, um, I'm, not, I'm not sure uh, Daniel Sturridge will agree he needs to get any tougher after that picture of him <laughs> right, right in his face. But the, Kind of kind of what you're saying, actually, I was going to make the point because Nick was essentially saying that, you know, I think it was you, Nick, because afterwards you started rambling incoherently and it kind <laughs> of muddied the waters. But, but um, we're saying that... Uh, you know, it's, it's, these are almost good games to get these guys to actually bed it in with that. that it, it's exactly that. It's it's a big test, and he will learn. And like I say, I, I like the fact that he, he came back and he was contributing going forward. Um, it, it feels so so much more comfortable with a with a play like that on the left and, and being able to overlap and you know be confident enough to do that. He just got to be quick enough to get back as well.
4: There was, there was one moment near the end of the second half where he, he had the ball right down by the court. It was quite near the court. I'm there. corner flag just nudged it forward and whipped it in first time yeah, that's yeah that's what i was
2: it talking was about it was for gail
4: ab- yeah absolutely absolutely fantastic um but it was, it was that first that goal on eight minutes that's where i had my head in my hands and i thought you know what's this bloke doing and, and you were right for the next 10 minutes it was absolute pony wasn't it mm. and I, I i tweeted my angst and got got lots of uh well i got well coated to uh, <laughs> to um put on a gel phrase um yeah. But in the chat room, wholeradio.net slash chat, people think that he's going to come good. Um, one of the people I think might have been, I can't scroll but it might have been Dweeb, said he's the first player like Klein since Klein we've had that you can see in, as in the marauding forward. But a couple yeah. of people were worried that Jay Dog 3 he said, I got a bit fed up with seeing galen and Belassi behind Soiree defending for him. If that's seen as a weakness, we'll get killed down left. But it's a bit late to ca- in the season to carry people.
2: I, I, I can kind of see the argument there. It is a bit different when you have got a, a full-back that, that goes past the winger. Um, and it does give a bit of responsibility for, for both Gale and Balassi, depending on which one's playing on the left is right. But if that, if the system's set up to do that, then that's fine. If, if he's contributing, if he's putting in a good cross. Let's, let's put it this way. His crossing for Gale was what, probably the best cross of the game. but um, yeah. Balassi put, put a couple of decent left-footed balls in himself, to be honest. But the the one in the one in from Suarez was absolutely it was just a peach so if he can get forward and do that and and they can get covered that's that's fine by me um, I did notice um, on the subject of much, Michaela CPFC got in touch. And, uh, and said much was actually really good taking set of pieces. That's a very good point, actually. It took a, took a really good corner. Um, so that's the other side, another side to his game, which, yeah, good stuff. Um, okay. Uh... <laughs> yeah, all right. All right.
4: No, sir, I'm just reading something in the chat room. I'll come to it later, but I'll put it in. It is King B is saying, I'm so frustrated. For the first time in my life, I ended up throwing my match day program onto the floor.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> poor Ben. <laughs> Sorry, that, that
4: really tickled, mate. <clears throat> Damn!
2: I was once so frustrated at a, at a Huddersfield away game that I broke my toe kicking a kerb. So that uh, <laughs> it's, it's still not better oh. now. It's about, about 18 months ago and it still hurts. It's crazy away days, eh, Chris? That's it, mate. <laughs> <laughs> um... The no, general play in the first half though was really, really good and, and it was a great response to the goal when we, we conceded it and we pushed them. And But we were poor in the final third, that, especially the first half. We did improve second half, but I think a lot of the frustration at half-time from, from much of the support as well as the refereeing decisions was just that we couldn't seem, we didn't we seemed bereft of ideas in the final third. Uh, is, that, is that something that bothers you, Alex? Something that worries a- you long-term?
3: I've always said one of the biggest questions in football is how do you coach the final ball? I don't. I'm not a, I'm not a manager I, I wouldn't even try and begin to tell you how to do that. I, it's so hard isn't it? But I think as as much as Wilf has has done well in recent weeks his final ball just for me hasn't been good enough. He just uh, he almost gets to the position where he just sees people in the box and then just puts it in there without even thinking about picking out a man or anything like that. It's it's tough. It's so tough because you, you just don't know what to do. Even when you have players of the ability of punching Will from Bellassi, they're players that I believe have the ability to, to knock in a, a great final ball, as you've seen by Balassi. and I know I criticise him a lot, but he's matured so much over the space of a, a month or two. He, he just got the ball and just looked up and hit the box and hit a man every time. It's scary how much I'm beginning to love Balassi from being the complete opposite. <laughs> like it um, it's an interesting point um, name dropping again I was talking to
2: Ian Wright about um, our final final ball uh, and he was saying he was saying that Alan Pardew is the sort of guy that will will actually actively try you know work really hard particularly with someone like Wilf to actually specifically coach that coach a weakness out of his game uh, he reckons that, that certainly Wilf Balassi will absolutely Hugely benefit from from working with Alan Pardew on that. He said wherever else he does in his game, he he is excellent at uh, coaching out weaknesses. So hopefully over time it's something that we can sort out. But Zahar, I think I would say that I, my my I only would call it a problem with Wilf. It's just a, an observation that he he hesitates at the at the moment. Very very few times is it a first time decision from him. Anymore, you know the ball comes to him in the box, and you think, "Oh, are you' gonna have a shot, No, you're going to take a touch No you're actually going to take fourteen touches um and it's just that for me is is the what he's got to stop in his game because it used to be every now and then he would take an extra touch, but it would be to fool the defender and he'd already know what he was going to do with it once he'd taken that touch, but too often now the ball's getting caught under his feet when he's he's overthinking, so he needs to go back to playing on instinct, and that's that's a hard one to coach um as well, so but we'll see what happens i I don't know um. We did obviously concede that goal just before half time. Um, Welbeck was offside, but another question again that seems to come up every week with every goal that we concede is: should should Jules do better than that? Yes. Um, you think yes? Well, I'll come to you in a second, Nick. Um, I I read I read people saying that because I I didn't really think that at the time, and and I've sort of scoured the message boards as I do before every show just to get a flavour of what people are thinking and. Uh, and, and it, yeah, there was a lot of people saying what you're saying, Nick, that, yeah, Jules definitely should have done better. But looking at the the distance involved, it's a reaction save for me. Um, and it kind of catches him sort of midway midway down the, the uh, forearm. I really couldn't think what that was there. Uh, midway down the forearm. So he's not really got any direction on it himself. So he can't really do much to control where that ball goes. And I just think he's made a reaction save. And, you know, he it was unfortunate in my view. But go on, Nick, what do you think?
4: yeah he's got to be trying to getting, hitting it out punching the bloody thing just getting it out as far as he can do you know what I mean and it, yeah it was a good save but he's, he's got to get it as far away from the goal as possible and I don't think he did that mm.
3: Alex Scorview yeah, it's it's everything for me for Jules though. It's it's the distribution. The distribution at this level. I I don't know if it's one of those things that's sort of deteriorating out of his game as he gets older, but he can't seem to kick the ball over the halfway line anymore and and that and that's something that Hennessy is so good at, but then again you don't have the reaction saves that Speroni that, Spironi, that Spironi makes that Hennessy could do. It's 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 such a hard call to make and I think it would upset the the dressing room massively if you were to change that so I wouldn't necessarily change it but equally I think the Liverpool game and this game Jules probably could have done a bit more to put it out into into the wrong areas um and rather than the right ones or the other way around well it depends the right area for them the wrong area for us alright it depends um, how you want to see it doesn't it tomato tomato
2: right. <laughs> <laughs> good answer all uh, right okay composure back um zahar funny enough i thought in the second half zahar got in a very very similar position to well but on the other side of the box still laughing um and uh yeah and hesitated and didn't shoot so you know so we didn't actually get the chance to see if there'd be a ricochet in one of our players but anyway stop laughing alex It's unprofessional um in the second half, I, I, I've summed it up as basically all Palace. Um, but until, I think until Fraser Campbell got injured, and we'll have a little chat about Campbell in a second. Before he got injured, I, th- I thought we, we did, again, still lack any ideas. But as soon as Belassi came on, it gave us that extra dimension. But it wasn't until uh, Murray and um, Amiobi, in fact, came on the pitch that we actually had a presence in the middle. Uh, it, that's, I suppose that's the difficulty in selection. Um, but But first of all, well, Barney, I'll start with you. Campbell obviously went off injured and, again, you'll get people saying blessing in disguise and all that. So what did you think of Campbell's performance, first of all?
5: Barney! Um, th- uh, yeah, yeah, are you hearing me? Well, yeah, can't
2: who know, was that yeah.
5: shouting? Right, okay. It's me. Um, right, I mean... Oh, it's, uh, I'm, 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 I need to word this correctly because I'm, I'm getting myself into trouble this evening anyway.
4: Um, <laughs> Not many, Benny.
5: <laughs> Look... Um, I, I I tell you what, Campbell just reminds me of you know a few of our past players where he tries his best, but I just I just don't think he's he's quite got it at the moment. And it Hush. was well I, exactly. I, that's I'm trying not to get myself in too much trouble. Was he was good at holding the ball yesterday, and too much that probably that probably worked well for us in the first half because he, he you know it at it least kept, it kept the ball up there. The substitution was was probably a little late in my eyes, but you know. Um, I think. Oh, where am I going with this? Well, well it,
2: it, it was it was a forced. It was a sub, anyway, wasn't it? Go on, Alex. Exactly. You, you and me, Alex, you called it. You called it harsh. Um, so, what was your view on Campbell's performance?
3: Uh, I, I thought first half he was excellent. I thought he did everything that the Palace fans slate him for. We we you know, he chased everything down, he tried to run the channels. But what I don't understand is I don't I don't get what people expect him to do. The lad's what, five foot five playing out front on his own with nobody even near to him, I just—I don't—I don't believe Gale can do it. I don't believe Campbell can do it because they shouldn't be playing that front on their own. And I just think it, it kind of—it kind of points out because he's not creating, because he's not effectively not doing anything, because he's trying to do this role on his own you know, it gives people an excuse to kind of to kind of slate him. I just I just don't get how you can play him up front on his own and I guess we were limited without sinogo and, and Murray hasn't proved much in the Premier League and to be fair Campbell's played in the Premier League for the last five, six years and, and has yeah. scored goals. I think I think Fraser Campbell is a Premier League striker, but not standing up front on his own with you know, with no one no one around him. I just think it's yeah. harsh to criticise that. I can't I don't know what more to expect from him in that in that well, role because Gail's was- done it and, and hasn't done anything better.
2: Exactly, and what we've what we've all talked about before is, is is the key thing of getting the midfielder that's going to break into the box, which is usually Shemack when fit, getting up alongside that striker to give him support, isn't it? Um, and obviously that's not been happening with much in there. Um, and, and yeah, so but what we did see, obviously, was that when when Campbell went off, um, we we did get the change Blassie, Gale went central, did get a header on, you know, just off target. But other than that, again, still struggled and, until. To your man, Glenn came on the pitch, and like I say, Obi as well, we'll have a chat about him in a sec, but um, it seemed to be after the game that Pardew was saying that Campbell's injury now gives Murray this opportunity, because obviously he's got, within a minute he's got a goal, and <laughs> I don't know how long he was on the pitch, but... Uh, might have been ten minutes or so, but a goal and and pretty much near, you know, as near to a goal as you can get without it being one. Um, you know, with two chances, it was it was terrific. But funny thing for me is it, it's him who blocks Zahar's shot because that's Zahar's goal all the way. Yeah. <laughs> Murray, Murray, yeah, Murray just takes a lovely touch to take it out of the air and put it in himself. But um, but uh, yeah, good poaching, good poaching instincts, I guess. But um, it's a good, it's a good finish, wasn't it? It was you know, first of all, we put pressure on them, and all of a sudden we have got people in there who can finish. So. Um, and, and, he's, and, he's, and he's a great threat in the air as well. Go on, let, let's, let's, let's take the opportunity to, to talk about Glenn Murray without Alex saying anything for a bit.
4: Well, without Alex saying anything, somebody in the <laughs> chat room said, can we get can we get Alex one of them Cundenberg watches via Twitter so we can just press the button and give him a shot <laughs> when he goes on too much? He wants him to try it. Um, what difference it made when Murray came on and un- no, he's not the fastest, but he's got a footballing brain, and he knows where to be at the right time, even if it is blocking Wolf shots, and why didn't we play like that, like we did in the last four minutes, for the last 20 minutes, because we were on top of them, Arsenal were on the oh. rack, weren't they, completely. Absolutely yeah. on the rack. And we've got these wingers. Yeah. We've got these wingers that can get the ball in. We've, we've got Balassi getting the ball in. We've got Wilf getting the ball in. We didn't have the people in the middle to header it in. and in, Well, until we did when we came on. Just on Pardew's substitutions, hasn't he been making blinding subs compared to Mr. Warlock? I know he, he may have difficulty yeah. picking a first 11, but the substitutions have been in. I think he's made one bad sub, and I can't even remember what has gone out of my mind now. But he's getting very, very good at making tactical substitutions but Murray what a yeah. difference he made a couple of times he held the ball up and I can't remember who it was against but it was one of the the bigger Arsenal lads and he just managed to take three steps back and just keep control of the ball while kind of bobbling it on his head before laying it off it was just <laughs> unbelievable the, the yeah. bloke's a footballing genius
2: yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay brilliant all right you, you went well you're more Alex than Alex goes but um, yeah. okay uh yeah I, I okay Barney does it just, just does this sort of point the way forward, does it, that we've got to play with one of you know, Sanogo if he's fit and available, Murray, or now Amiobi, who's obviously clearly getting near a match fitness. Is it now key that we play with one of those at the top of the three and it's up to Gale to battle it out to play on the left? It's up to Campbell when he's fit to battle it out to play in and around this striker. Um, is it the way forward for us, do you think?
5: Well, I think the way forward is getting balls in the boxes, good balls in the boxes where someone can get something on it. You, you're going to have always more chance of getting the, goal, uh, getting the ball in the back of the net if the ball is in a good place within the box. Now, what Balassi brought on when he came on yesterday was he brought on some great crosses. Blimey, those, I mean, those crosses that he was putting into Murray were just fantastic. They were right in the goalkeeper's vision. You know what you then get is you get the the goalkeepers and the and the defenders almost talking to each other, saying, "Are you taking it? Am I taking it?" You're questioning their team. So what it brings out is it it makes them it forces the other side to make a decision. When you've got a big lad up there, someone like Murray, a poacher, let's call him. He can, you know, get that feel of, of what's going on, and he can get his foot on it. He can get his head on it. You, you know, you're putting pressure on the side. You're putting pressure on their defense. Is what I really like about Glenn Murray is that he just sort of goes, almost sod it, right. Let's just get in the box. Let's just ruffle it up a bit. Let's ruffle up their their defenders. And I tell you what, the big teams don't like that at all. They don't like it, especially when they're when they're not of their own ground.
2: Yeah, they don't like it. Up them, ain't eh, it? They don't. Um...
4: They don't like it. Up them. <laughs> they don't like um... it. Up
2: them. I will talk to you in a moment, Alex, about Murray, because I know you're itching too, and we've even seen the hashtag Alex knows a minute ago from uh, Mark Benici there. So, uh, But Nick, very quickly, you want to talk about people leaving before Glenn scored?
4: It's, it's their prerogative, in it? But I did have a little chuckle to myself when you can imagine all these people scrambling back up the steps of the Ohmsdale to get back in and see what all the fuss is about. It's, you know serves them right. I, I wish that goal had gone in at the end and they'd have left... They'd have had egg on their faces for leaving early, wouldn't they? And they would, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a you don't leave a see. film before the end. Oh, this film is coming to its climax. I think <laughs> I'll leave just so I can get the one five one from opposite the Empire to yeah. go home. Oh, I didn't, <laughs> I
2: didn't, I didn't want it to. I didn't want this film to end like that. I don't care what the director wants. I don't want this film to yeah. end like this. So, so if I'm just gonna go. It's gonna go. It's probably gonna end that way. Um, no, look. You know, obviously, there will always be people who will say, "I've got kids with me. I've, you know, I've got to get home at a certain time. If I leave now, I can get home in, in an hour. If I don't leave now, it'll be two and a half, three hours." There's always things like that, and I feel sorry for those people. But there are there's a huge number of people who leave just because, you know, it's that the team aren't winning.
5: Well, I with say, I Chris, know. on that subject, it's funny how the, it's funny how they're happy to take uh, two hours. Uh, more to get home when when we're winning. It's a bit of a coincidence when those uh, when they can seem to stay out for a bit longer when we're winning.
2: Yeah, but I mean, obviously, I, you know, it's, easy, <laughs> it's easier to go home with a, to an hour for journey with a big smile in your face. But uh, but uh, yeah, I know it is. It it's a shame. It's a shame people do still still do that, and it's it's worse in the Premier League than it ever was in the Championship. Um, but there we go. And did you have something else to say, Nick?
4: I missed one of the moments of footballing history because my mother made us leave Palace versus Fulham in the 70s earlier and I missed George Best getting sent off and that is why I will never ever leave a game early, unless we're getting beat by the, the scumful block 4-1 at home.
2: <laughs> did you leave early then? Yeah. Yeah, I, I bad man. Bad man. I'd, I'd, I've left early once and it was um it was <laughs> very early in the second half, actually, when we were losing two 0 to Newcastle a few years back, when we—I think the season we—we um, we had AJ in the Premier League, and, but that was that was hangover-based. I was I was in real, uh, shall we say, digestive trouble, and had to leave. But um, yeah, that's the only time I've ever done it. But you know, yeah, I shared too much. That's what happened there. I shared way too much information with you all. Anyway. Uh, I feel awkward now. It was uh, We got we got a message in earlier that pretty much sums it up for me, which I'm going to find. And if I continue talking, I'll be able to find it without any pause. Matthew Mason got in touch and said, I can live with the bad decisions. The two goals were tight calls, but I just can't live with how lucky they were and unlucky we were. Um, that I think that was a really good way of summing it up. We were incredibly, incredibly unlucky. And I guess we can... Yeah take an awful lot of confidence from a performance like this but it means nothing to talk about this as a bonus game if we don't go next week to uh, play West Ham and and get the three points there so <laughs> let's hope that we do that um, Nick you got some stuff in the chat room
4: Yeah Lee Bowman says that he left on 84 minutes when we were 4-1 down to Watford at Vicarage Road a few years ago and we ended up losing 4-3 plus Fonte had a goal disallowed and it could have been 4 all. Yeah, and some some doggy chap called Boo says people might be leaving early because it takes forever to get out of the alpha.
2: That's another, uh, Is a really good point in the alpha. You, like We talked about the halftime thing, that how pointless it is trying to go, uh, you know, go and have a piss at halftime or whatever because <laughs> it's, it's just impossible. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, I've said piss again. I, I've, I've been bad today. Apologies. <laughs> Sorry. There's too many awkward silences today. <laughs> I, I am really, really hungover. You might have picked up on my hungoverness. Um, Ax on the bench, though. Good sign that he's on the way back. Pretty happy about that. Um, I don't know if you've seen the match of the day highlights. Um, yet again, edited in an appallingly biased, shite way. I've written in my notes here to indicate that um, it wasn't quite, a, it wasn't a dominant display from Palace. The first half apparently was all, it was the two chances for Arsenal. We didn't do anything, nothing else happened. Well, actually, to be fair, we didn't create create anything else; we just had a lot of the ball. But in the second half, um, again, they they didn't show any of our real good work until until sort of Velasquez came on the pitch, and there was plenty before that. And uh, that's what annoys me is that you have to have these conversations with armchair Arsenal supporters who Chris, think that they dominated.
3: Bring what? the stats out possession crystal palace 55% shots on target 22 to arsenal no not off shots in general 22 to arsenal's 12 palace yeah. corners 10 to 1 they can say what they want but that my friend is a domination
2: have you ever seen us uh, play a uh, what you what well, I'm going to call them big four but you know you know what I mean a, one of the big the top 6 it is now wherever it is now uh, play a team of that standard at sellers park and absolutely dominate them like that forget the Chris- result
3: we never that's have the- possession. We never have more possession than another team. We, no. I can't, we've had it. We've had it three times this season. That's all, been under Pardue. But we didn't have it at all last year. And then to have it against Arsenal, a, ty- a team that um, is so renowned for being fantastic on the ball and, and dominating sides, we proved a point. We proved a point that we can compete and, and even better these sides. Yeah, and
2: that's. I mean, again, I hope that that that, that gives the belief in because Pardew's been saying that since he walked in the door he wants he wants us to take the game to these teams he wants us to believe in uh, you know he wants the team to believe in the possession and uh, that they can have and it's so good to see that he's got he's, he can prove it now he can say look what you did okay you didn't win the game but that in, in effect that wasn't even your fault that was you know Clattenberg almost scored those goals himself as um I'm some, some got in touch to say that Alex Johnston said uh, his forward review was Palace 1 Clattenburg 2 um <laughs> You know what I mean? It it, it really is. It really is like that. But again, um, like I say, I I felt that the the big club bias, or even extends to the flipping highlights on uh, on TV. Just that's my head in. Um, It was man of the match. I suppose we were going to say Jason Punch, aren't we? But any any other views and any other um, people worth mentioning? You think? Silence.
4: My man Man. of the match. First half was Campbell. I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, second half, for me, was Bilassi. Um Man who ruined the match, Cundenberg. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
4: You're really pushing that one. Uh,
3: <laughs> any anyone? I thought words? Joe Ledley. I thought Joe Ledley was fantastic, actually. I thought he, yeah. uh, more and more, week on week, he's stepping up into that, that role that, that perhaps Jadenak occupies usually, and I thought he was excellently defensively, going forward, chased everything backwards, forwards. Dev- I thought he was fantastic.
2: All right, and uh, anything for you to add, Barney? And if not, um, what did you think of Ward's performance? Back to um, his best. The, oh, sorry, was <laughs> Alex, that Alex answered it for you. <laughs> yeah. Say
5: that again, mate back to his best yeah I thought it was great well yeah Um, man of the match Um, this is a weird one for me because I thought Arsenal was so appalling um, (laughs) I thought possibly that they had two standout characters that really held the game together so as a kind of a pity vote I would probably actually say someone like uh you know someone like Ozil who actually held their team together. I think if he was on the pitch,
3: you've just come on Homestore Radio and given an Arsenal player. No, 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 no I, haven't, I haven't given.
5: I, no, 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 no. You've missed that. You've, I didn't say he was the man of the match. I said as a as a as a feeling sorry for them. Right. That's uh, what so I, that, for the man of the yeah. match, though. Right, let me let me finish. Man <laughs> of the match to me. Jesus You're on the Christ. edge tonight, Barney. You are I, on the edge. I, I'm some push, I'm comments. Just, sometimes, <laughs> Alex, you just got to push it to the next level, mate. Um, but I will agree with you with Ledley. I thought Ledley was, 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 um, was totally on it. Just a solid performance yesterday. And just, again, just spread a little bit of calmness through the squad, which is what I'll always like
2: to see. I'd, um, God, I'd, I'd, hang I'd on, like I need to go over that
5: moment. Give us a second, Chris. No, I'm just going to say, look, I,
2: I think I know what Barney was tr- was trying to say, but um, if, if any of you do want to <laughs> sack, him, sack him for what he just did, uh, as much as we might as we might have to sack him for the libel earlier in the show, uh, do <laughs> let us know. We've got some uh, some chat from man of the matches, Nick.
4: Yeah, I'll pick him out. Naked golf guy 99 said, punch, um, Hansie, not Zaha. Coach Matt Balassi. Hansi, I thought Zaha first half destroyed Monroyal. A quick game. Balassi, Lions 550. I thought Ward played well and uh, changed the game. And Dweeb got to say, oh no, Dweeb's talking nonsense about something else. King B, Balassi, <laughs> J Dog Free, Ledley, but Dan and Delaney were good. DJ Shores says Yannick and Lions 550. Yep, Zaha put a great shift in. I'll try not to do you voices again, kids. Sorry.
2: Brilliant. Well done, Nick. What the hell is going on today? Um, Zaha is a, is a very good shout as well. Actually, I thought he. Other than that, final ball, he had a, a pretty, pretty terrific game. Um, Matt, uh, the farm banker, has got in touch and said Arsenal we're not important, but give Palace some credit. We worked really, really hard. Um, so Paul has got in touch and said that Do you see the stat in the BBS, we caused Arsenal to make seventy six clearances more than anybody else. Their average is twenty five per game. Is a great stat. Thanks for that one. I haven't seen that. Um, Okay, listen Listen. a question, if you like. Uh, what did happen to Guardiola? He's been superb when he comes on, not even included this week. Uh, that was from David James Shea, and I think from the Palace has agreed and said totally agree. Not put a foot, foot wrong. Maybe he doesn't train well. Uh, is there a place for him now we've got, I suppose, gone out and signed Jordan much? Um, difficult one, really difficult one. I, I like Guardiola a lot as a player, um, and he does. he does really bring... It just brings something else to the game. I think he's got a future at the club under, under Pardue, but I think at the moment, um, well, I think we're too busy concentrating on trying to get Jordan much match fit, in, in my view. That's my, the only thing I can really think of. Um, Alex, you want to mention Arsene Wenger's post-match comments? Did you hear them? I didn't, know. I, I got Well, the only thing I've heard is sort of almost second-hand say, someone suggesting uh, that he had said, you know, they had to work really hard because... Because Palace did so much over ninety minutes, but i I thought he'd been nice about us, so it was a surprise to hear you wanna say something else?
3: Yeah, just I I just, you know, perceived it one way he said, Oh, you know, Crystal Palace turned this into a cup game, they gave it their all you know, and and I, it was just I c I can't remember them exactly, but all I remember him is I just feeling really belittled by the man because I think we've shaken him. I think we've um we we've proven to him that It's not that easy in a Premier League to to control the ball, even when you are the man that supposedly created the whole of football in the whole of England, (laughs) such as Arsene Wenger, the saviour of football, the Jesus of football. We proved him wrong.
2: He looks like a caterpillar. That's all that matters (laughs) to me. He looks like a caterpillar. And it makes me happy. Um, Okay.
4: Not the human caterpillar.
2: That's so close to something unexpected, isn't it? um, I'm just going to gloss over it.
4: Did you and notice he didn't point. see anything. Oh, I didn't see that. No, I I didn't see I didn't even see it on the replay. No, I I didn't see that either. He's been not seeing things.
2: He's been not seeing things for a
4: so
5: long wait, Chris, long time. Before, yeah. we, before, we, yeah. before we move on, I I, have, I I don't know whether we're going to come to this, but I know that we talked about the man of the match. Did we not <laughs> did, did 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 we all miss the Oscar winning performance by Ospina? Oh, no, it was briefly,
4: that was briefly.
5: hilarious.
2: <laughs> Briefly
5: mentioned I mean did, earlier, did but... we did, did we not I mean we were we were lucky enough to witness what I think is going to be the best best dramatic um scene for the year <laughs> at Selhurst Park yesterday and I think we've all just totally you know we've been witnessed to to um you know, cinematic history at Selhurst Park, which we should all be <laughs> incredibly thankful for, because it was just oh, fantastic. I, I just loved it how his legs all of a sudden just seemed to turn to jelly, which was just, it yeah. was this amazing sort of wobble in such grace and then falling down onto the pitch. I mean, it was just fantastic. And I think we've got to give it a, you know, we've got to, you know, it, 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 it just, just brilliant. Well, I've lost her words now. <laughs>
2: the, the most amazing thing about it was that he... um <laughs> Is he didn't even? Like, it was like you know he clutched his head because um, he's kind of jumped up over his own defender, isn't he? And he, he was clutching yeah. his head, but they showed a replay of it uh, on the dodgy stream I was watching. Um, <laughs> and then they um, and yeah, nothing touched his head. Air, air touched his head. Um, so uh, what was he actually... Why? What? I mean, I suppose was it time, time wasting? Guess, but I, I saw mine sure straight after.
3: Whoa, whoa, I saw sorry. a line straight after saying that there was um, a, a picture, like a video of him getting a, a head knock. So he reacted to it a few minutes later, supposedly. Well,
5: really? I saw I saw Plattenberg go up to him, and I think he was saying, "You either uh, sort yourself out." off the pitch or you go down, um, right, yeah, you down definitely talking to him and almost laughing at him and I
2: think he's gone down sorry so I, I don't, you obviously heard me late as well there but yeah your, your, your connection went a little bit funny hopefully oh. mine is relatively normal uh, now it's probably settled down now but um, oh yeah anyway look, let's let's get some quick forward, forward reviews We'll just pick a few out uh, Tim Blaze said give Murray a start uh, Richard Green still lacking end product Totally fair, that one, Richard. Uh, Matt Atkinson has gone for Yannick Belassi, Game Changer. Uh, Ian Waghorn, How Unlucky Were We? Carl Mortimer has gone for Pardew Loves a Tinker. He does, it's fair. Um, Jockey's gone for Murray Must Start Now. Uh, Jeremiah Murphy, Luck is a Gooner. Like that one. Uh, Seaside Rock, Final Third, More Composure. And Timothy Green has gone for Clattenburg is a Cund.
4: I wonder where he's got that from. Uh, he actually
2: didn't. I've just changed it.
4: <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. I'm a bit upset by this tweet that's just gone out from our producer. Who needs to be axed <laughs> off the show tonight? It's up to you. <laughs> Why wow, are we bloody stars in their bloody eyes?
2: Um, I'm blatantly going to get the most votes as well. Uh, anyway. No, I will um, i on that one. Yeah, you've, you've excelled yourself this evening. <laughs> um, I, look, I, I've got not, not too much else to say. To be honest with you, I'm, I'm pretty happy we've, we've covered the game. There, we've, we've done our hour. I've got a really bad hangover. <laughs> this is the awful, awful end to the show. Why did I say these things out loud? I really, I really need to stop. Um, someone help me out. Can we dig me out of this hole and say something nice to end with? Um, who's got something? Come on, come on, guys. Come like on, how, guys. Far, think-
3: how, how far have we come in the last? Oh, lovely few way to years. end,
2: Alex. Beautiful. Beautiful.
5: How
3: far have we come in the last few years? Now, honestly, and I know it gets, you know, it gets a bit cringy at times. But five years ago, we were on the verge of not being a football team, and we have just outplayed Arsenal on our own turf in the Barclays Premier League with Alan Pardew in charge, Zaha on one wing, and we just—it's awesome. It's absolutely awesome. And I know at times the Premier League's not fun, and regardless, you know, ticket prices and what have you. What a wonderful time to be a Crystal Palace fan.
2: Really is that is a lovely way to end the show, and we will stop there. Thank you very much to Barney, well I suppose, (laughs) to Nick, (laughs) to Alex, uh, and to producer Tav. uh, And thank you obviously for you guys for listening. We'll be back uh, next Sunday at eight pm. We may be back tomorrow night for a non-football show. Uh, Keep an eye on the whole radio Twitter for an announcement about that. uh, Mm -hmm. If it's going to happen or not, I'm not just not too sure yet.